0: So now please um, open your Bibles to the book of Malachi. The book of Malachi will be continuing on our um, (coughs) reading uh, from this book. The book of Malachi, it's the very last book of the Old Testament. We'll be reading chapter 2, verse 10 through 16. It's on page 969 in your Bibles, if you're using church Bibles. Malachi chapter 10, uh, chapter 2, verse 10 through 16. So now please pay attention to this infallible word of our Lord. Have we not all one Father? Has not one God Created us. Why then are we faithless to one another, profaning the covenant of our fathers? Judah has been faithless, and abomination has been committed in Israel and in Jerusalem. For Judah has profaned the sanctuary of the Lord, which he loves, and has married the daughter of a foreign God. May the Lord cut off from the tents of Jacob any descendant of the man who does this, who brings an offering to the Lord of hosts. And the second thing you do, you cover the Lord's altar with tears, with weeping and groaning, because he no longer regards the offering or accepts it with favor from your hand. But you say, why does he not? Because the Lord was witness, Between you and the wife of your youth, to whom you have been faithless, though she is your companion and your wife be covenant, did he not make them one with a portion of the Spirit in their union? And what was the the one God seeking? Godly offspring. So guard yourselves in your spirit and let none of you be, be faithless to the wife of your youth. For the man who hates and divorces, says the Lord, the God of Israel, covers his garment with violence, says the Lord of hosts. So guard yourselves in your spirit, and do not be faithless. Amen. This is the word of our Lord. And now please um, turn with me um, to this second chapter of the book of Malachi again. So this morning, we want to continue listening from this book of Malachi. In my previous sermons, um, we've learned that this book of Malachi commences with the Lord's wonderful declaration of his love for his people by him saying in chapter 1, verse 2, I have loved you. I have loved you, says the Lord And this declaration of his love so serves as the central theme of this book. The Lord has always loved his people. He still loves loves them and he will always love them. But at the same time, we see in this book God's people and, and their worship sort of beginning to drift away. Despite the hope-filled events of, uh, which which are recorded in the book of Haggai, when they completed the the second temple after they returned to their own land of Jerusalem several decades ago from this book, despite all these glorious and um, events full of hope, the people make mistakes again. As a response to, to God's declaration of love, those people respond them, respond to him with a terrible question in, 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 in verse two. How have you loved us? They are saying almost as if, as if, as if, um, to God, well, God, show us the proof if you say you love us. And in the, in the last, Last sermon, we saw the priests who were supposed to be leading the people of God in worship. The priests failed to honor God by, by, by them offering sick and lame animals as sacrifices to, the, to God. We see them, we see in them that, that their service became rather very superficial Yet even even when they, they were betraying the Lord by, by offering those those wrong animals, they were still asking questions to God in verse six how have we despised your name? And and, and in verse seven, how have we polluted you? And and following that, that, that passage this morning, we will look at this passage of Malachi um, chapter two verses ten through verse sixteen. And see how the Lord warns his people through Malachi about their covenant breaking. God in this passage rebukes them for their unfaithfulness in their covenant relationship. They are breaking their covenant with each other. And of course they are breaking their covenant between them and God himself. And this leads to the prophecy of the coming of the messenger of the covenant in the following chapter. Chapter 3, verse 1, the Lord says, The messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord. And this this chapter uh, is what we will be dealing with this evening as, as God's, God's response, God, as, as, as God responds to, to the people, he gives this wonderful prophesy, prophecy of the messenger of the covenant who will come for us. But this morning, we want to take a look at this passage of um, chapter 2, verse 10, verse 16, and see how the people responded before the Lord and, and and what we can learn from, from, from them. Firstly, if you look at verse 10 of chapter 2, here Malachi we man, ram, laments, Have we not one all one Father? Has not one God created us? Have we not all one Father? Has not one God created us? Here the Lord God is portrayed as our creator and also our father. The God presented in the Bible is of course the creator of, of heavens and earth, who made everything in them. So God was the one who existed from the very beginning. And everything else in this world is God's creation something he had created and the creator God is of course a transcendent transcendent being but at the same time this God is the one and only father for us the fact that God is our father indicates our relationship with God as we as we also um Remembered and, and, and earlier in the children's address. This transcendent creator interacts with us. The creator God, the king, he loves us. He loves his people, just like our father. And this is exactly the image of God presented in the Bible. And, and this God establishes his relationship with us through his covenant. By grace, God entered into a covenant relationship with us. And we as God's people are called to live according to that covenant. It is indeed a relationship like that of, of a child following his or her father. Our God loves us as our father, and we ought to obey our God as his children, the word "one is repeated twice in this verse 10, and and this is clearly putting an emphasis on the fact that our God is the only God and he is the only father. Well perhaps it is because the people in malachi 's time were also holding other gods or other fathers as they 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 lived the the word faithless in today's passage if you for, for instance if you look at verse 10 and 11 this word faithless is is really a strong term in original language which can literally translate it as as to deal treacherously treacherously with us with Treacherously. This word refers to the people's unfaithfulness to the to the covenant they are given from the Lord. They are indeed betraying the Lord. They are betraying their father by covenant breaking. We will think more about the significance of God or our father being our father later in this sermon. But we need to remember. Our God is our only Father. Our God is, of course, the only God, and He is the only Father for us. Then, the sin of the people is described as the abominable act of profaning the sanctuary of the Lord and marrying the daughter of a foreign God in the following verses. In fact, God's people... Marrying Gentiles, those who do not believe in the Lord has been so sort of repeatedly raised as a problem throughout the history of God's people in the Bible. For instance, King Solomon, who was once given wisdom by God and so sort of reached the pinnacle of, of splendor. At, at at his reign, the kingdom of Israel had the had the great territory. They they really reached the pinnacle. But but so what happened to Solomon later in his life? He married many wives from from surrounding nations. Perhaps it was because of, of, of their, their political issues. But he, he chose to take wives from, from surrounding nations. And and what happens what happened to him? He ended up building other temples. Well, Solomon was the one who built, who completed the, the first temple for the Lord, but he later in his life built other temples for, for other gods, gods whom, whom those, those foreign wives worshipped. In the book of Ezra, marrying non-Israelite wives was shown as, as a sin of Israel leading to an event where those wives were, were literally sent away. Well, on the other hand, there, there are several possible um, stories, uh, positive stories. For instance, Abraham, when, when he was up in, in Canaan, he did not seek a Canaanite woman among those, those, those around him um, to, be, to be his son's wife. But he, he rather sent his, his servant back to his, his homeland to find uh, a wife for his son, Isaac. Well, this matter of God's people marrying Gentiles, marrying non-believers, is, is closely related to idolatry in, in the Bible. Marrying a wife who believes in another religion ultimately led to being Influenced by, by her pagan religion. Well, just like Solomon, he was influenced by, by his wives his, his from, from other nations. The background of Malachi's opening rebuke. Have we not all one father? Has not one God created us? May have been due to the, this issue of idolatry associated with the, the Israelites marrying foreigners in their life. Lord well, says, So we need to know that idolatry does not only mean sort of abandoning our God or the Bible and turning to other gods. Maybe you remember what happened to um, the people of God when Moses was up on Mount Sinai to receive the covenant from the Lord the people sort of pressed their another leader, Aaron, to make a golden calf, which they, they, they worshipped, and the anger of God came upon them. But the problem here with that, this was, was not that people had sort of abandoned their, their Lord and changed their hearts to another God, but it seems to me that, that rather they, they had tried to worship their God in an arbitrary way sort of easy to understand their vis- in their visible form. They didn't violate the first commandment, but they, what they did was a violation of the second commandment. They, they made a statue for them to worship their God. Their problem was seeking a form that was sort of like easy for them to understand rather than placing their full trust in God and His Word. Well, the people in this book of Malachi may have been in a similar situation. They might have thought that as as long as they they believed in in God and and followed him, it would be fine to to marry a a non-believing wives. However, this does not amount to following the only Creator and the only Father, the only God. In the true sense, it is, not, it is only by following the covenant that the Creator and Father, God, gives to us rather than us making sort of self-serving judgments like, well, this much should be fine before God. As such, we need to ask our th- ourselves, are we sincerely following God's word, God's covenant—that that is from our only God and our Father. Or are we somehow setting our own standards and and saying, "Well, this much should be should be okay." We are still believing in our God. This much should not offend Him. Maybe marrying, marrying a non-Christian person would be, would be a practical manifestation of this kind of orientation of our heart. In fact, this is becoming often the case, often the issue, the, the challenges we have in our churches in, in Japan. Many young people in our church complain that they cannot find any any good Christian that they can marry. And they start saying something like, as long as my, my partner is okay with me going to church, okay with me being a Christian. You know, it should be alright. We can still maintain our, our our marriage. We can somehow kind of you know, maintain it. But that is not true. I, I, I have been really encouraging our young people to really pray seriously about Having a Christian partner in your life, because marriage is your covenant before the Lord, you 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 make a vow before the Lord, and it is not okay for you to to share your burden with uh, a a non-Christian person who doesn't fear the Lord. A while ago, I I this this also shows our our challenge in Japan, but a while ago I, I saw a Japanese TV program which sort of focused on a marriage between, between a Christian pastor, he, he was a man, uh, who married to his wife who is a Buddhist priest. He, she is still practicing as a, as a Buddhist priest. And that program sort of treated the couple's marriage as, as a beautiful story. It portrayed it as, as a wonderful event that sort of transcended transcended the the barriers between, you know, other religions. But is, is this really a really a beautiful story? Well, such a marriage certainly does not glorify our only God and our only Father. We need to be careful that we are not judging things according to our own culture or, or or according to our own own criteria we may have in our heart. We need to glorify our God and we need to follow his covenant. And next we want to turn to the latter half of today's passage, which is from verses thirteen through sixteen. And here we see another question that people ask the Lord why does he not regard the offering or accept it? And for, for those people who ask these questions, this question, the Lord, the Lord points out another specific error of the people that shows their spiritual condition, and that is the problem of divorce. In fact, it seems like some people at that time have actually divorced their, their first wives, and, and they chose to marry non-Israelites, as, as mentioned in the first half of the passage. And the issue of divorce is also closely related to the covenant. Because we, we swear the vow before the Lord, we, we, we enter into covenant relationship with our husband or our wife when we marry Personally, the, the most memorable part of my wedding when, when I married Honami um, was when I made a vow before the Lord in our wedding. It was then that I, first, I was first given the realization that, that this marriage is something the Lord allows. And this marriage vow is, as, as mentioned in this passage, about making a covenant to enter into a loving relationship as a husband and a wife in the presence of God, with, with God being the very witness of us. And divorce means the, the opposite. Di- divorce means tearing and breaking of this covenant. And in the Bible, the relationship between God and his people is often illustrated as this marital relationship between a husband and a wife because they both involve covenant, covenant relationship. So as, as these people of God, they, as they left their original wives and went to wives from other countries, the people of Israel have actually left God, left their original covenant with God, and they fell into idolatry. The breaking of the covenant or relationship of divorce was was also present between God and his people. And therefore, in in response to this, today's passage cautions twice to guard your spirit. This is also an interesting um, phrase. Guard your spirit. The word spirit reminds us of when, when God breathed, into the nostrils nostrils of, 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 of the first man, Adam. Adam was created in, in God's image, and he was given the spirit from the Lord. Humans were originally created to live only in a relationship with God as they bear his very image. And of course, in, in the garden, God ordained the the marriage He also created Eve as adam's partner and 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 God ordained the, the the marriage for them but when when Adam and Eve they separated from from that relationship with God, when they chose to to decide. By their own reasons, by by rather following on what the serpent had had said to them that their image of God was was ruined, and all the all the man beings, all the human became spiritually dead, and this is exactly the state of a fallen human from Adam's sin, all mankind, all of us are naturally born with our own sin. However, our God has not forsaken such people. He still declares, I love you. You know, a single act of infidelity or adultery is enough to tear the covenant relationship of of marriage for us. But the people of God, if you look at the, the, the Bible, if you look at the, the stories in, in this Bible, the people of God rather s- repeatedly betrayed God. They committed sin. They, they fell into idolatry multiple times. They walked away from God despite being treated with abundant mercy from the Lord. You know, we've, we've been reading through Exodus, um, um, when Warren, um, preaches, um, in, in regular weeks. And, and I mean, just looking back from what happened after the, what, what happened after the Exodus, you know, the, even when, when the Lord deals with his people with, with, with his abundant mercy, what, what was the people's response to it? they rather repeatedly grumbled against the Lord. They, they, they really repeatedly betrayed their Lord. This is evident from, from the history of the Bible. And, and this is exactly because we all have sinned before the Lord. Such people should have no complaints if they were expelled from the presence of God at once. But rather, God still declares, I love you, to his people, according to his own covenant faithfulness. This immeasurable love of God is declared even to a people who marry foreign wives and betray their covenant wives. God is so merciful to his people. Well, finally, we want to consider how how we can apply today's passage into our, our daily life. And we can do so by sort of contemplating on how Jesus Christ fulfilled this wonderful covenant love of God. How Jesus fulfilled his covenant love God has for us as our only father and us our husband. Well, God's love is clearly shown to us through his son, Jesus Christ. As Apostle John writes in 1 John 4.9, In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. This love of God, who loves us as the only Father, while being the creator, is not an abstract concept. This is the very love that is shown through Jesus Christ, the only, the only begotten Son of God, who came into the world for us, And through his eternal entire life, through his cross, and through his resurrection, Jesus accomplished the work of redemption so that we may be redeemed from sin. And by being united with this Christ, we we may live again as the people of God. And here lies the love of the Father. So if you're not under this love, if you haven't really realized this love from our Father, our only Father, please consider learning it. The Bible is full of God's love being our only Father. We often address our God as our Father in our daily prayers but our privilege to call our God our Father is in fact an immeasurable grace. In Ephesians 2, Apostle Paul writes that the presence or absence of circumcision is no longer important, but the cross of Christ alone made peace between God and us and between ourselves, and through Christ, hostility was broken down. Those who are given faith in Jesus Christ are united with him, and their sins are forgiven, and the peace with God is granted. And those who are given peace with God are, through Holy Spirit, able to draw near to the Father and, and be able to be a part of the household of God himself. As those united with Jesus Christ, we are allowed to call our God, our Father, by the Holy Spirit, sent by Christ, as as Apostle Paul writes in Romans 8. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit, that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with Him, in order that we may also be glorified in Him, with Him." As we looked earlier, the word Abba is a term used to call one's father with with great affection, let, let, like young child, so naturally, so closely, call his or her father, Daddy. Through the Holy Spirit, sent by this Christ, who went on the cross and who, was, who, 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 ris- who has risen from the dead, now Christ is sending us his Holy Spirit. And through the Spirit, we are able to call God, Abba. Father, and we are made children of God. We once, we who were once sinners, we were once walking as enemies of God, are now united with this Jesus Christ. We are given peace with God through the Spirit sent by Christ, who enables, to call, who enables us to call God, Abba, Father, God now gives us grace and loves us through the Holy Spirit. (laughs) The situation of the people we have looked at at in today's passage should be indeed relevant still to to our lives because we so easily forget God's love upon us and we, we so easily fall into various sorts of sins. We often Either consciously or unconsciously, we often attempt to break and tear apart our covenant relationship with our God through various different ways. While claiming that we believe and obey in God, we often allow our hearts to be be, to be captured by other idols, just as as these people were marrying foreign wives or making self-serving judgment like this much is okay before the lord well we need to examine ourselves in this regard however we no longer remain in that sin we want to receive and we want to rather respond to the love of the one and only creator god who loves us as a father through his covenant. As those who have received the love, clearly fulfilled through Jesus Christ, we no longer remain in such a state. We believe that Jesus Christ, our intercessor, our messenger of the covenant, always intercede between us and God. And as those made children of God, through Christ, led by the Holy Spirit, to call our God, our Father, Abba. We desire to walk worthily of the love our Father has always been, Father is always been placing on us. Amen. Let us pray. O Father, we give you thanks for your precious word, Father, thank you for reminding us your love to us. Thank you, O oh Lord, for being always faithful to your covenant you have made with us. Father, we recognize our sin before you. We, we often, uh, as, as, this, as this, these people in Malachi's time, we so often and so easily break the covenant you made with us. And we so easily place our trust on idols we make in our own heart. But for for us, you became our Father. You continue to love us as our Father. And most of all, you love us through your Son, Jesus Christ, who came to this world for our own sake and through his cross and resurrection. We are now made righteous before you. We are now made your children. And we enjoy the same victory Jesus has achieved for us. And we are promised, we have this wonderful promise to inherit your kingdom as your children. So Father, please continue to, to guide us, to, to encourage us, by, by sending us your, your Holy Spirit to your Son so that we can truly guard our spirit before you, so that we can truly focus on your Son, Jesus Christ, as we walk as your people and as your children. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.